It's green for go, they're racing. He says go, he says Tara, and Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race, the rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat, a miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Good morning, welcome to the sprint lane, my name's Paul Cochran. I am joined, as always, by Jess Watkins, and welcome back, Freddie Hastings. Hey, Paul. Oh, we Good missed Freddie last week, didn't we, Jess? We definitely did miss Freddie. You're a good big fella. I'm good now. I, I, I was tuned in. I was watching live on the Facebook stream just to make sure Wano wasn't too good. Um, I was going to get here early and lock the door so he, he couldn't come in. But, um, you know, all good. Uh, had had the uh, the spicy coffers, the young ones tend to call it, um, for the second time. Um, but I'm all good. Did you give him good. a grading, Wano? What do you think? Oh look, I, I, I had a ten. I think he uh, he put up a solid a solid eight. Solid eight. Uh, right. He well, I tell you why I gave him an eight because he did his black booker did win the first race on Saturday in yeah. double encounter, but didn't he let everyone know? <laughs> he did, didn't he? <laughs> he was straight on the did. bell, wasn't he, Jess? Yeah, he was. Well, it's good to have a ten out of ten uh, back in the house with you, Freddie. Oh, Another ten out of ten in the house, Cameron Hart. Welcome to the show, Cam. Mate, you get a round of applause before we've even sort of got into why you get a round of applause. Inter-Dominion champion, how does that feel, mate? Yeah, it feels unbelievable, to be honest. I still can't believe it's happened, but um, yeah, growing up, it's a race that I've always strived to win, and to be able to do it pretty early on in my career, it's um, unbelievable. Oh, it was so good. I mean, I, obviously none of us were, were at the venue Saturday night. We just, I know my story, I was sitting on the couch and I was giving it some, go Cam, go Cam, this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, you know, it was ridiculous behaviour from me. I don't know what the neighbours thought, but uh, couldn't, couldn't help but get swept up in the moment. Yeah, it was very exciting and I was standing out there in the barn with a lot of the participants and DJ Jeff, DJ definitely led the cheer squad out there and everyone was just so happy for the boys that our local combination here could get the job done. What was that like? Because I was I was here the afternoon when, when Cam almost jagged the New Zealand Cup and everyone was around the televisions there in the stables where we are here at Menangle. Was it like that, was it? Yeah, it was very exciting. And then afterwards around the barns, everyone was more than happy to offer their congratulations, mm. which was really special and nice love to it. see. I love how, how this industry gets around each other. We mentioned that a few weeks ago on the podcast, how everyone is just... Just so supportive of everyone who's going away and flying the flag elsewhere. But let's get straight to the man himself. Cam, I know that, um, you know, it's been a couple of days now. Has it started to sink in? Oh, not quite. I still can't believe it, to be honest. But, um, yeah, it's just been a couple of quieter days now, um, just trying to let it sink in. But, yeah, it's been uh, unbelievable. Like, full credit goes to Jace. He's done an unbelievable job with that horse and... Um, you know, it's not easy to get a horse through a series like that. It's pretty pretty gruelling on them, especially with the travel in Victoria. So um, for him to have him spot on final night, um, you know, it's a big effort. He's won seven races with that horse. He's only had him for 19 races, you know, Paul. He's won seven, including a, a couple of Group 1s. Cam, I said to you when you came into the studio today that I had him in my head pigeonholed as a bit of a, a sprint star. You know, he won a Len Smith mile. He's run three sub-150s here. When you go back through his record, he's, he's just as adaptable over a longer trip. How did he feel coming to the turn? You know, he, he cruised up behind Act now and you knew you just needed an ounce of luck once you got the sprint lane. How were you feeling? At what point in that, say, quarter from the 400 to the turn did you think, hang on, I'm a, a real live Hopi? Yeah, I felt super confident. He was travelling so sweet and 
just really happy with the way you relaxed early because the lead time was pretty pedestrian. So that helped at, at the start that it worked out how I wanted to. I didn't have to brush him up too much. So that sort of helped him relax on the helmet. And yeah, at the 400, he was just smoking and probably once on a little bay tip from the 1-1 and didn't really make too much of an impression on Acnea. I kind of thought I was pretty well home from there. I just had to hold him back when I went down the sprint lane to make sure I didn't hit a wheel. And um, I think we were away from there. Cam, I watched it back and I, I thought... If you if you watch the uh, watch the race and didn't know much about how it all plays out, which is probably where I sit, um, having never sat on a horse before, um, you, you pass one horse and you did it right right when it mattered, right at the end. Like it just seemed like the sweetest trip. You got the perfect draw, obviously. You just sat there, you waited, you waited, and you just went when you needed to go. Was that is is it as simple as that to sum it up like that? Yeah, pretty much. I didn't have to do too much. I think most people would have won on him. Um, you know, it's uh, like you said, the the draw was a massive factor. Um, you know, as soon as we drew there, I'll become super confident in our chances. And, um, you know, a lot of people probably still wrote us off a little bit as he had a bit of an up and down couple of heats. You know, he was good in a couple and a bit disappointing one. So, but from the draw, especially at Melton, it's such a big advantage to be on the pegs there. So, and they just run the, the race really to suit us. In hindsight, that third placing in that last round where you got, I think, from memory, up on the inside, I think, that was crucial because that got him into the final, really, because he did have that indifferent run over the shorter trip in the midweek round uh, where he finished down the track. Um, so that, they, that getting him there was one thing, but then to draw the one marble was just quite extraordinary. When they went 26-4 and you were holding so tight on the back of Act Now... And as you said, you saw the horse outside wasn't really coming on. Um, that would have given you even greater degree of confidence, I'm sure, because you know the horse is a fast horse. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, he, he had the perfect trip, and um, you know, like I said before, the the lead time was pretty pedestrian, so it kind of turned into a mile race, and that's right up his alley. And he can roll out these strong sectionals on the bit, as he showed. And you know, I think someone said that. About at the 800 or the 1,000, Jace was calling us home, so I'm glad we did. Otherwise, he would have been pretty disappointed. That's an early crow and an in the minion grand final. So um, he was pretty confident, but it, so was I. He yeah, just travelled yeah. so sweet. Jess, we don't normally see – I mean, you see Grimmar here every every Tuesday and Saturday. We don't normally see him animated, but I think the riding was on the wall at the barrier draw. Yes. When he, when, when he goes up and pulls out one that, – that seemed out of character for Jason Grimson to carry on like he did. I mean, it wasn't – look, it wasn't. Too crazy, but for him it was a little bit, a uh, little bit more animated than we very used to see. Very guarded, isn't he, Jess? He is. He's very reserved normally, but like you just said, there at the barrier draw, as soon as he drew the one marble, he was cheering and pretty excited about that. Then, so I think that showed his confidence levels, and then no doubt, like you just touched on, Cam, he got pretty excited there at the nine hundred meters, which would have been quite cool to see. More important at, at a track like Melton Cam to to get that that draw like you got. Yeah, 100%. And probably all series, it was a little bit the same at all those tracks that when you got all the best horses in against each other and they run such quick times, even if a few of them do work out of the gate, they're always good enough to still to roll good sectionals late. So makes it nearly impossible if you come a wide when you got such quality horses on the fence. So, yeah, the draw was perfect and probably that's why Jace was so excited when he did pull that marble because he probably thought that, that gives us a big hope of winning the race. Acknow was the favourite and that was the horse that you had to go past when it mattered. What were the other horses that you were sort of wary of and keeping an eye out for in the run? Yeah, obviously Honolulu Bay, he had the perfect draw. He, he elected to, to not come out of the gate and he just sat in a great spot really and um, he'd been super through the heats and 
you know, he, I put him as probably one, the hardest to beat. And, and Spirit of St. Louis, even though he didn't run, you know, to his best at Geelong, he's still a very dangerous horse off a, a sit. That, and he was so close in the run, so he was obviously below his best again. But in the run, I, I did think he'd be a big shot. Expensive ego didn't really find much when it mattered, Fred. Oh, sat parked, um, sat parked. There was no speed on early. I, I, I kind of thought in the run, watching the race uh, upstairs, I, I had the feeling that Luke was doing Luke things, just controlling, a little bit controlling, as much as uh, as, as much as um, Jody was controlling with the lead, Luke was sort of controlling in the in the death seat. Uh, you know, didn't do a lot of work. He worked a little bit to get around them. Once he got to his spot, he was sort of in a, in a good spot, I thought, and I thought... At about the four hundred, just after they went that twenty six four third split, and he was he was at him, he, he seemed to come back a little bit at the leader's wheel, and then by the time they flattened, that's when he started to drop out. Um, when you're death seating, I guess in a twenty six four, and they got home in twenty seven six. So what what's that? That's a fifty four half. Um, I suppose it is tough, but. In the run, I thought, you know, he's going to be in this still, even though he sat outside them for a bit. Um, um, the run that I was thrilled to see, my old mate Zeus Bromack, um, and he's run fifth at 33-1 to one for Paul Fitzpatrick and Gavin Fitzpatrick. Six, I think he was about five, six deep on the turn. He just kept, kept coming out and out. You know, he, he draws a different barrier. He draws not you know, behind Cam. He, he sits behind Cam and follows Cam through all the way. He, he runs a hole for sure, I reckon. Yeah. He's a real good horse, Zeus Bromack, and he'll come back here and he'll be freshened up and getting ready for the Carnival uh, Carnival of Miracles, and he'll be to the fore once again. Of course, he won the free-for-all here this year on Miracle Mile Night. Who knows? He might be a contender for the Miracle Mile, the, the big dance, uh, uh, come the first weekend in, uh, in March. When Luke's shadow is lurking just outside, you're just lingering there, Cam. You know, Luke McCarthy's the big race driver, did it. We we wary of of what expensive ego could present. Yeah, definitely. He's been a top horse for a long time, and um, you know, I was probably for his chances. I, I wasn't really worried about it, but he probably Luke was. He had a grueling series. You know, he probably lacks a little bit of gate speed, so he's always having to do the work outside mm. the leader, and he put in, in some massive runs through the heat, and probably takes his toll. He know. needed a barrier one or a barrier two, I think, to be. In the mix, once yeah. once he drew where he did, he, he was always going to have to work. Yeah, yeah big firmer. Right. Expensive ego was the one they smashed, like mm. just before they before the jump. So oh, it was huge. I, I spoke to Robbie Morris yesterday. He was wrapped with Pete said so. Like um, you know, wh- whether he, he had his time again, whether he chooses a different run and, and stays pegs and trails cam, yeah, might might have potentially run a hole as well. But Robbie was absolutely wrapped with Pete said so. I think ended up fifth or sixth or yeah, sixth. He sixth. Yeah. Zeus Bromack was fifth. Yeah. So uh, Robbie's Robbie basically said, well, you know, we'll. we'll uh, give him a spell now and, and get him ready for Carnival of Miracles. They and and in, in Robbie's words, he said, um, "Yeah, probably the yeah the bigger merger through the through the series." Pete said so. The real story mm. that kind of kind of one that we didn't expect. He know. really was the horse that stepped up and shined. And we heard David Watson last week say, "There's always a horse that comes out of the Inter Dominion that just steps up with those tight runs with the quick backups and." For, for us here in New South Wales, he definitely was the horse that did that and looking forward to seeing him here in the Carnival of Miracles. What about Torrid Saint at 125 oh, yeah. to 1? Uh, just followed followed through where Cam was and, you know, ran second in the Dominion, rank outsider. And uh, for memory, yeah, he got a run as an emergency. 
Yeah. It was the yes. emergency for the for the series or oh, for the final. So there you go. Nice uh, earn for connections. Decent earn if you if you manage to find the first four as well with the, the value that Torrid Saint put in it. So mm. yeah, well done, um, Cam. I, I think a lot of people probably you know w- would say. Cameron Hart, one day he'll win an Inner Dominion, one day he'll win a Miracle Mile, and that, that's so much easier said than done, isn't it? I mean, you know, to, to now have, have achieved that um, just must feel amazing. Yeah, it definitely does. Like I said before, it's something that I've, I've dreamt of um, since I was a little kid. So, yeah, there's been a lot of great trainers and drivers that have not been able to, to win it. Like, look at Emma and Clayton. Yeah. They're, you know, the pinnacle of trainers uh, here in Australia and they haven't been able to crack one yet, but I'm sure they will. And but, Luke? Um, yeah, it's it's crazy uh, how hard it can, can be to win, but, yeah, I'm really glad we've got one under the belt pretty early on. Did you win a knitted Dominion in the mini trots? Yeah, yeah, I won. There you go. Year, yeah. I think so. I needed a minion driver. So he's a, do we call that like a dual code? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's won both. He's so like, won um, you know, when they win Junior Wimbledon and then go on and, go try, on, and yeah. try and do the double. Yeah. No, it's fantastic, mate. We're so wrapped for you. We're so proud of what you've, what you've achieved. So proud of all the New South Wales, mm. uh, you know, horses that went through the series and all their trainers. And, and, you know, it's a big effort to go not only – you know, to go through an interdependent campaign, but have to do it interstate and mm. then go around those, you know, the regional circuit like we, like it's now engineered as, you know, um, so proud of everyone and congratulations to everyone who's done well. It can only be one winner and we're so happy that, you know, the man who was in the seat uh, for the big dance uh, is, is with us today. Um, what a what a 12 months for Jason Grimson too, Jess. I mean, you know, we, we talked about it in the lead up to the race and, and in the over the last few weeks. The drama that surrounded 12 months ago and Grimo having to, well, you know, look, well, he won it in the stewards' room, basically. He prosecuted yeah. well. Exactly. You know, and, then, and now to go out and win it undisputed Saturday night. What a, what, a, what a great kind of 12 months, you know, round trip he's been on. He's had an absolutely amazing 12 months and it just hasn't been his inter-Dominion victories. It's been over there in New Zealand, that first campaign back from the slot race and then into the Messenger and then over the New Zealand Cup and throwing the Lensmith mile. He's one of our top trainers here in Australia and respectively so. He's had a great season and can't wait to see him progress. He's still so young. Cam, I've seen it written, uh, you won the race on the horse you didn't want to be on. It doesn't sound like it's all that fair, but you end up on the, you know, it, I mean, you, Majestic Cruiser was the obviously the, the, the first choice. Uh, pretty good consolation they'd end up on. I cast no shadow, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And, and Jace has said all along there's not much between them, but, you know, I've got a special spot uh, for Majestic Cruiser. Obviously, he had the runs on the board, but, um, yeah, we had a lot of good experiences over in New Zealand. I, I honestly just love that horse to death. So, um, yeah, it was a bit unfortunate. Um you know, he didn't have the best of series. He, he had a couple of little issues, but he'll be back again uh, for the Sydney Carnival and he'll be firing, I'm, I'm sure. But, yeah, it was disappointing for the Glynn family as well. They've been big supporters of Jason and I with, with that horse. So, But um, I'm sure there's still big wins uh, in the future for him. It, has there been a, some reflection on Majestic Cruises' campaign and, and sort of saying, well, was the trip to New Zealand detrimental to the Inter-Dominion chances? Has there been any kind of... Um, debrief that's happened I haven't really spoke to Jace too much um, you know obviously it was a big effort to do what he did in New Zealand then to come over and he made that little gallop which was unlike him in that last heat but um, you know I got held up after that I, I went down to the fence and looked for luck after things didn't work out but um, he still got up the straight as good as probably anything in the race and if he draws where cast no shadow 
uh, did on Saturday, he probably wins as well. But um, we don't have to worry about that anyway. Did you have to prosecute a case to get the drive on? I cast no shadow when Majestic Cruiser didn't qualify. No, I didn't. I didn't actually. Um, I thought me and Turbo might have had to <laughs> got in the boxing ring or something, but I, I think it wouldn't have lasted around. I think I would have been on the deck pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack, um, Jack, it, it was a sort of no contest. Jack was was going to come back here, and you were going to take that drive. Is yeah. It? Well, the plan was for me to qualify both horses, so I stuffed that one up. Um, so Jack <laughs> had a drive, but um, yeah. I guess because I drove him through the heats, so they left me on. I I didn't really have any discussions about it, to be honest. But either way, I would have been happy. Yeah, it didn't worry me too much. But yeah, Jack's a good mate of mine, and I'm sure he's happy for us. So when uh, I cast no shadow won the Lensmith Mile uh, out here just over a month ago on Breeders Challenge night, uh, Jack straight away was uh, was in in his post race interview was talking about a boat party with uh, that the owner Diane Riley was going to put on. Has that uh, has that turned into a much bigger party now, Cam? And if you've got yourself She's a spot on the boat. the voyager of the seas, I think. It's going to be a big, uh, need a bigger boat. We're talking P&O, P&O operation bigger, now. We need a bigger boat. Yeah, Di doesn't mind a party. She's, um, she's a lot of fun, Di. We've had some good times in Queensland and over in New Zealand. She was there as well, but she's, uh, she's a dead set ripper. But, yeah, we've got a few things in the works. So, um, you know, she has a nice uh, place up on the Gold Coast, so we might make a little trip up there, but... Um, she was also talking about Hawaii as well. Oh, so oh. We'll, we'll wow. see what happens. We are Tahiti talking about nice. <laughs> P&O cruise operation yeah. going on here. Uh, what, what great pictures, Freddie, to, to see Diane sipping from the Inner Dominion Cup. I mean, um, her story has sort of un- un- unfolded a bit more for the public over the last few weeks um, since, obviously, firstly the Lensmith Mile victory, but now people are hearing more and more about her. But, you know, such a a long-time contributor to the sport, and to see her win an Inner Dominion, fantastic. It's the stuff dreams are made of. You know, the passion uh, and, the, and the pride in the, in the animals that she races, um, just incredible. Uh, great vision, um, great vision that we saw, and uh, if she needs someone to carry the bags for the, <laughs> the trip to Hawaii. Captain hey, Stooping. Yeah, Captain Stupid. <laughs> no, Captain Stooping, yes, I remember. So you're old enough to remember the love yeah, boat call. Like That's scary. These two either side of me, they wouldn't know what yeah. we're talking about. They'd no be idea. thinking it was some sort of reality <laughs> TV show. Love Island. Island. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. But yes, no, it's terrific to see everyone that I know that knows, I don't know Diane, but everyone that I know who does know her, they speak in such glowing terms of her, not not just to her capacity to enjoy a party, um, which is, you know, a, a nice thing to, to have to, to, to bring to life, to, to be able to know how to have a good time, but uh, a very good person as well. What well under HRV, putting on a, a, our, our colleagues, our peers, whatever we want to call them, our, our equivalent down uh, south of the border, well done for putting on a, a really good inner dominion. Obviously, they, they didn't have the, the COVID restrictions that... that we kind of endured last year, Jess. Um, but well done to HRV. Uh, the coverage, uh, they got Glenn Boss involved. You yeah, got to stand around and have a chat to Bossy on the coverage straight away. I mean, legend of the equine industry, you know, done everything that we can we can imagine from a Gallup's perspective. Uh, I, I thought that was really cool that, that you guys, you know, and, and rightly so, are now positioned on the same pedestal that, that, that they're putting Bossy. Yeah, no, it was awesome to have him there and, um, you know, it was just good to see how excited he was for us mm. to, to have a moment like that. And obviously he's been at the pinnacle of his sport um, in the thoroughbreds. And uh, I guess he, he's one man that would have known how I was feeling at the time with a win like that. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I was really impressed with just 
how much he was enjoying being there and um yeah it was great to have him along as as well as bruce as well um he was doing a few interviews as mm. well so he's a legend so yeah it was awesome did you get to meet there. bruce no, i didn't catch up with him oh. let's we'll fix that next year yeah, he's I'm probably sure he's probably lamenting that he didn't get to meet Cameron Hart too. Probably sure. he will yes. be. Yeah. I did notice Grimate Grimate did say to Bossy, "If you're that keen, you, <laughs> I've got it. I'm looking for a driver at Cranbourne on Monday." I saw Grimo driving at Cranbourne yesterday, so obviously that didn't, <laughs> <he's> <laughs> didn't, back. didn't, didn't unfold. Um, so well done, Cam. Hey, the the Trotters final. Um, there's a New South Wales connection with the Trotters final. So there's an ownership group uh, based out at Tamworth. Uh, there's five guys at Tamworth. Uh, got named Mark Lowe up there. There is um, he's got a mate at Inverell. There's another mate of theirs at, at Port Pirie. So seven of them got into this this uh, syndicate. It's called the Iona Trotter Syndicate. In uh, just believe that won the the uh, the Trotters final. Well done, Greg Sugars and and just just Tubbs going back, back to back. back. Yeah. Yep. yeah. What about that? Back to back in the in the Trotters final. So well done there. There's a uh, Mark sent me the the Mark Lowe, Terry Brown, Dave Pike, Bob Peterson. And Judy McDonald and Margot Sweeney's their friend at, at Inverell. Well done, New South Wales. We will we'll absorb and extract every little bit of New South Wales detail, won't we, Jess? Uh, but well done. Um, we didn't have a, a New South Wales runner in the Trotters final. Look, and to be fair, we probably didn't expect that mm. we were going well, we to get that deep two, into the campaign. Two down only there, two that went, and one was scratched after the first round. Yeah, so it was yeah, kind of you know. Yeah. yeah. So we're so mm. we're in the owners. But you mentioned, Freddie, before mm. the mini trotters that Cam won. Yeah. Uh, we won all three mini trotter finals there on Melton. New South Wales. Yes. So we had – so I'm just going to – I've got the name sent through to me. So Reba Brown won the mini division with Just Jack mm. and the pony with Mr. Fantangle. And then we had Riley Kittle taking the Shetland uh, category with Mr. Rocket Fuel. So – there's an omen. Better That's you a good name. And get on a horse. <laughs> right. Mr. Rocketfield's probably one that you want to want to be back in. Um, that's all in the lead up to the Golden So Cup we had an involvement. Um, we, we we won the, the the paces. We had owners in New South Wales win the Trotters, and we and the kids have won all three clean. It's a clean sweep. Yep, absolutely. That's a clean yeah. sweep for New South sweep. Wales. Yes. New South Wales domination. Yes. What does it mean when you're a kid uh, and when you're a young fella and you won the Inter Dominion? Those kids that won on Saturday, they'd obviously be thinking. And seeing you win the big dance, they'd be thinking that's something they would like to emulate as they get older. You know, that'd be, they'd be feeling just as excited at their win as you would have with yours. Yeah, 100%. It was a huge thrill when I was a young fella mm. um, coming up to Menangle and, and to be just part of the race meeting and seeing all the older guys go out there in, in the big dance. And it, it's definitely, you look after those sort of guys and it, it makes you think that could be me one day. Mm. And I know I... I you know, try to catch up with as many kids as I could down there, and they they had a great night. And um, you know, full credit to all of them, and well done to the winners. Where did you win it? Where did you win the mini trotters? Yeah, here at here at Angle at headquarters. Yep. I think I called it. Yeah, I probably called it. <laughs> Jeez, I was calling him as a kid, and now yeah. <laughs> calling him in group ones. I'm Fantastic. feeling old. <laughs> Fantastic. They're the, you know, one one person's inner dominion is another person's yeah. inner dominion, no matter what level you. That's it. Yeah, that's right. that's it. It. yeah. Fantastic. Well done, to everyone. Uh, yeah, and as we said, just back to back for Greg Sugars and, and Jess Tubbs, well done. Just believes, you know, obviously being a being a real star on the rise as well. So, uh, well done. That was a, that was a great race as well, and an excellent drive from from Greg Sugars. It must be mentioned. Um, we had some other races going on, Jess. We should probably probably talk about the week that was here in New South Wales, shouldn't yeah. we? <laughs> so Brad Elder came here to to headquarters on Saturday night. He won the Waratah final with Little Ripper. It's his first. Uh, 
first Metro win as a trainer, wasn't it? It was his first Metro win as a trainer, and I think he had 11 training wins prior to that one on Saturday. So it's a special win. I know connections were on course here and very excited, and his dad, Darren, as well. So it was great to see, and it was a good drive too. There was no run, and that fence, the gap opened up on the fence, and as soon as he took it, the horse absolutely ripped home. I know his uncle, Brian, was here, and uh, he was ecstatic. But what about, yeah. there were two peg-hugging drives on Saturday yeah. night. And I, I know we're about to talk about one of them, but Brad's was a pearler and he got up to win by a slender margin. Well done to him. He's a, he's a real good talent, Brad Elder. Blake Jones and Ellen Bartley were here. We talked about the, you know, obviously Cam and all his mates were down in Victoria for a couple of weeks, and but that created opportunity for a lot of people to be able to come in and, and have success here, here at headquarters. So Blake Jones and Ellen Bartley, they won the penultimate angle with Miss Chantilly. James Ratray won the Trotters race. Beat Aldebaran Ravani, who's one we've talked about a little bit on the show and went round as favourite, but James managed to get that one up. And then he sent around that he had We Been Boppin, who was uh, tomato sauce odds mm. there in the in the free for group three free for all and got rolled. Uh, Sean Grayling again, Jess. He's he's having a great time over the last few weeks. Yeah, Sean and Paul combined for back to back group three victories here on Saturday with JOK and He's a horse that we wouldn't have been surprised to see him take part in this year's Inter-Dominion series, but he was so dominant on Saturday in the way he'd won that without cover. It was very impressive, and I'm sure he's one to keep an eye out for during the Sydney Carnival mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. Chris Geary, a couple of winners at Penrith on Thursday. Again, another another guy who sat here where Cam's sitting now and said, you know, sometimes it's just opportunity and it's, you know, the, it could be a suspension or someone unavailable. You get the chance to have some drives. Chris has been in a, in a great streak of form since he sat on the podcast. So there you go, Ken. You come in, You might actually have some success. And, and, Josh, and Josh. And Josh was the guest last well. week and he had a <laughs> massive night so at keep, Newcastle. Keep State. going at it, mate. You might get a winner. <laughs> Good luck today. Uh, Jared Carlefelt. Now, I was down at um, down at Wagga on Friday. Jared Carlefelt had a, had a couple of winners there. He's a name that we haven't spoken about much on the podcast, but I love being able to bring up new names and people who are having success. Uh, Cam, you've, you got your first group one down there at Wagga, didn't you? Riverina Postway. Yeah, I'm from down that way, so um, that was a really exciting night. But yeah, the Carterfelt family have been in the, the business a long time, and I've driven quite a few winners for Paul, his father, and um, they're great people. So yeah, well done to Junie. Yeah, Talented Junie. family. Junie. Eh? Junie. I remember when I was at uh, Channel Ten at the old yep. Sports Tonight days did a did a feature on his brother on Brad, the, yep. the amazing uh, amazing triathlete. Yeah, he was yeah. representing Australia at the time. Yeah, super talented family. So is Cam the s- second biggest talent to come out of Junie behind the, the mighty Rabs? What about the Rabs? Laurie Daly? I'm a fair way. What about yeah. Rabs? Are they going to put a statue? Yeah. Are they going to put a statue in Junie for Cam? <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's, um, it's a f- he's become part of a fair argument now. Look, uh, hey. where's an Inter Dominion rack up against um, being the coach of a losing state of origin team, Jeff? <laughs> Well, I, I think it rates a lot higher. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's awesome. Mark Hewitt drove a double down there at Wagga as, um, as well. There was a training double for David Hewitt. But, look, it turned into the Steve Turnbull show. One of the reasons I was there, the, the regional finals were on. And uh, Steve Turnbull, so he, they were dominated by the Turnbulls. Now, there was a, a, a minor amendment to that. Jason Hewitt won the two-year-old Colts and Geldings final with Chiseled. It was a really good race. Just beat Ty Robson's Have You Checked In heavily back. They absolutely piled into it. Jacko Painting was on that. And one of the, the best set of colours that I've seen, Have You Checked In has got like a QR code as the, as the design on the colours. Really, really clever and cluey, I thought. But anyway, they piled into it. It just got rolled. Uh, really great 
performance from Jason Hewitt and Chisel, but then it turned into the the Hewitt, uh, sorry, the Turnbull show. It kicked it off with Oliver and the two-year-old fillies. When's the last time you reckon you saw a Steve Turnbull, Nathan Turnbull driven horse go around at $101, Jess? But it won. It, it won impressively it as well. Too. It was a very nice winner. <laughs> $101. How did they let that go? I don't know. I don't know, but well done to them both. But oh, yeah, no. I don't think we'll be finding another one at $101 from Nathan and Steve anytime soon. So Steve might have shared the training honours, but he did sh- um, uh, dominated the training honours, but he did share around the, the driving uh, the driving spoils. So Dave Moran beat Amanda Turnbull. She had all stars, Frankie, and the three old Colts and Geldings. Dave Moran was on St. Varen. And it won uh, the so it won that the three old Colts and Gillings. and then Amanda and Steve uh, combined on Pastor Cheval uh, to win the other feature. So well, now just beat Bernie Hewitt on Jungle Baby. Now Bernie, he's had a pretty good week. We we talk about Bernie a lot. He had a driving training treble at Bathurst on Wednesday night. Well done, Bernie. But of course, Steve Turnbull, he just turns up at Bathurst and wins for fun. Uh, training double on that Bathurst program. Uh, he must be one Cam that. You know, you, you've ticked some boxes lately, but when you, when you look at doyons and people that you really respect in the industry, Steve Turnbull must be uh, almost on that top pick. Yeah, 100%. He's a legend of the game and um, he's done so much in this sport. And, yeah, to even uh, for his, all his you know, kids to come through and, and be as successful as they have been, he, he's done a great job with them as well. But, yeah, he's a... Legend trainer and just a legend bloke. Good really. bloke, isn't he? Yeah, just a real nicest a real bloke on the planet. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, we should probably mention Amanda. Like, obviously, she did really well. Like, Bundoran's just been a horse that just continually turns up and and is consistent, and you get what you get with Bundoran, and had a really good inner dominion campaign for us. Absolutely, yeah. it was only look only beaten four and a half lengths in the in the final. It ran eighth, uh, um, ninth, ran ninth. The records will show it ran ninth, but wasn't beaten horrendously far. But look, he's a he's been a real good horse for the stable, and uh, she's done a great job with him. He'll come back, obviously. He'll be looking at races at the carnival here as well, and uh, will compete very, very well. And horses normally find an extra couple of metres with Amanda, Amanda in the chair too. Mm-hmm. She's uh, such a talent. Um, look, there, there, there were, excuse me, there were heats for the uh, Red Ochre. Um, at Dubbo on Friday night. So Steve qualified smooth bonbon for the Phillies uh, and Mayors Classic. So that Red Oco finals will be this Friday night at Dubbo. Blake Mickleff won the other heat with Yaram and Bella. So uh, there was the Little Red Jug series too. Isabel Ross and Amanda combined there with Carla Gambino. And uh, Bernie Hewitt won the other heat with Chap Daddy, uh, driven by Doug. Now, Dougie, he's a great story. He's obviously come through as a... You know, an ex-rugby league player, he turned his hand to, to driving, Jess, and he's had some great success. He had a huge night uh, there the other night. So he won the last three, including the Gilgandra Cup with Weona Survivor. So um, great talent and doing great things. Yeah, another participant out there from Bathurst that's had an unreal season. He's had a couple of Group 1 wins along the way too, and like you said, he turned his hand from footy to driving and he hasn't looked back. Matty Roo, he won three of the first five at Young on Tuesday night. Um, as a track you've spent a bit of time on, Cam? Yeah, I didn't really enjoy myself at Young too much, <laughs> to be honest. The, the weather's pretty cold over there in winter, but um, yeah, it's um, Matty does such a good job and I've had a good you know relationship with Matty. Um, he's put me on plenty of nice horses over the last couple of years, but yeah, he's a 
great bloke and um, he's been doing a super job uh, in the training ranks. Face of the sprint lane too, Matty Roo, wouldn't he? He's the, he he's the logo, Matty Roo. Um, we mentioned Joshy Gallagher before. He had an absolute fat night there at, uh, at Newcastle on Friday. He won... So the, we talked about the Western Region Finals that happened uh, at Wagga. Now the Eastern Region Finals uh, happened at Newcastle. Josh won three of them. So he... It's, it's not a bad return. Three of the four, he wins in. He actually had four winners for that program in a couple of seconds. So I know that we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the, fa- about the fantasy game uh, a little bit later, but that's some big points right there, Jess. Mm, some massive points. And he's definitely a, a participant that everyone, I think, should be looking for the fantasy game when he covers as many miles as he does and drives in as many races as he does with success. He's done a few weeks in a row now where he's had those yeah. big, big nights. Yeah. Freddie? Yeah, just one thing on his four wins. They were for four different trainers, which is, you know, that's pretty uh, handy as well. Uh, he won uh, for Alex Olchen. He won one for Kerry Ann, uh, one for Aaron Goadsby, and one for Blake Fitzpatrick. So four winners on the card for four separate drivers. That's a little bit rare. And just on that, just quickly going back to last Saturday at Menangle, nine races, and again, nine individual oh, yeah, winners. Fantastic. Uh, so it's stunning. The, the, the love yeah. is being shared, yeah. which is going to make, when we talk about it, fantasy <laughs> harness racing, yeah. that a little bit harder to try and sort out. Oh, and if you think Josh is just uh, just rocking up and, and driving winners, mm. when, um, as I was driving in here to Menangle this morning, there's Josh just... Uh, He'd been out doing track work with one. He's just taking it back to Lucky Lodge and, you know, putting yeah, yeah. in the hard yards here on a Tuesday morning on a race day too. So, mm. you know, absolutely getting in and getting it done. Uh, Hannah Rickson, one of your, your good mates, Jess, she, had a, she, had a, she won the three-year-old Phillies final there at Newcastle with Paint Me A Reason. Went past... Went past Will. It was a bit of the, the sibling battle yeah, there. Yeah, it was. Yeah. The, they're twins as well, so it would have made it even more special for Han that she beat her brother. But great to see Han get a group win next to her name, and I know she was very excited, and so was Johnny Wheeler and the connections as well. You know well, Will, you know Will pretty well, Cam. How's he going to cop that? His twin sister <laughs> going straight past him. He's on a fifty favourite. Not very well. <laughs> <laughs> Go paint me a reason. That was a horse Freddy's to follow. I've, I've stuck yeah. solid. What she's won it so far. She's won at five dollars, second and paid nine dollars a place, and then won at eighteen dollars. And that's well coming found, off the back of, off the back of turning up here two Saturdays ago and smoking up the mm-hmm. track in the first at Menangle on artillery. Yeah, and the cherry cup at Young the night yep. before as well. So an unreal fortnight. For yeah, Han. she's going great. Well done, Hannah. All right, well, we mentioned fantasy harness racing. Uh, launches on Thursday. The excitement is building. I've had plenty of phone calls, people saying, uh, hey, I don't know what, you, what, what this is all about, but people are talking about it and there's intrigue and, and it's fantastic. We've got the most expensive bloke uh, on, in the, the salary cap ranking sitting with us, Cam. Um, you're one of our ambassadors. It's, look, it's another way of approaching a race card, isn't it? Like looking at it through a, through a point scoring system that, that people can just get involved in. Yeah, 100% it's going to create a lot of interest. Like you said, it already has and it hasn't even kicked off yet. Mm. But it's definitely, um, you know, something that a lot of people are really into with the sport, different sports and things like that. So I think it's going to be very successful and I uh, can't wait for it to kick off. You're going to have to cough up about 10% of your salary cap to buy C hard here, Freddie. I'm sitting next to a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I'll be, here's a confession and don't judge me. I, I have never played any fantasy sports Played fantasies, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> um, no, but I've never played. I've never played any fantasy leagues, uh, NRL, AFL, NFL, whatever. Um, I'm excited by this. 
I, I never played them, not because I, I and I love my NRL. I'm a passionate rooster, as is the man next to me. Um, again, Dane judges, um, but. I've never had the time. I've always considered to do it properly, to do NRL, uh, Fantasy League, you've got to put a lot of time in it. And I've never had the tough thought, and I can't be bothered. I am so excited for, for Thursday when we go live with this, this harness racing fantasy, um, uh, f- fantasy harness racing. I am just champing at the bit. Can't wait for the full release of price lists. <laughs> I've tried now, folks. I've tried to, you know, you know, be be nice to Paul and see if he'll give me an advance list of some kind. He, he's just sticking solid to the rules. Yep, God Thursday's bless him. Thursday's the day. Um, so I've got to wait till Thursday, like the rest of you. But I, I just can't wait for it. I'm so excited to be playing. And by G, it'll be an. It's one of those exercises, Paul. Hours will have to go into it, and I have to commend anyone right now. Please make sure you like our podcast, The Sprint Lane. But if you want to know more about uh, the fantasy harness racing, uh, Paul and, and, and a few others are putting out a podcast on the fantasy harness racing. I really suggest you have a listen to that, that they go into chapter and verse on how it works and there'll be ongoing episodes to keep yeah. everyone up to date. So, so please we, listen to that because I learned a lot and I can't wait for the... Yeah, so what we've tried to do is is basically break down how it works and yeah. then what we'll do over the, the coming episodes is we're going to break down region by region and we'll, we'll say, well, right, this is this is what you're looking at for the Riverina. This is the pool of drivers and this is where, you know, what, what stats tell us, you know, because it's very much stat-based. It's evidence-based how people have been priced up. And, um, and, and as we said, a little bit of... I guess taking a stab at, at what trajectory looks like for some drivers, and, and yes, there's some that people are going to go, oh, they're a bargain, or gee, they're overvalued. Well, okay, but that's the game, you know. And, and it'll, and if they are overvalued or over or underpriced, you know, the results are going to prove that mm. if if that if that in fact is is correct. So we'll go through region by region. We'll have a look at you know the the premiums is a kind of a term that gets thrown around when you talk fantasy sports to Cameron, for example, and all these guys that are the, the high price, we sort of class as premiums. And then we'll have the, you know, the real bargains, you know, who's lower down in the prices or who we think they're probably going to outscore their value. That's, that's what a bargain starts to look like. So yeah, look, and, and this is your, is this your concept? You've driven yeah, this. Well, yeah, mate, so take a bow because well I tell you, uh, and I mean this, take a bow because uh, it's got me that excited. I've been around this sport for a long time and it's going to engage so many young people um, to be, you know, just whether they're casual, have a casual interest in harness racing, all of a sudden they're going to have a reason to want to watch Menangle on a Saturday and see how this bloke went next to me, Cameron, or how Jack Callaghan went, or how Hannah went. It, it's just going to create such interest. So take a bow because Thanks, I think you, you, you and yeah. the team that have put this together uh, have really engendered some real interest in the sport. And going forward, I, I can't wait for Look, it. Look, it was a, um, I, I got COVID back in April and I was sitting in my bedroom for two weeks and I was doing my AFL fantasy team and I thought, how can we mm. turn our sport into a product that you know can work? So a few ideas. I've got to commend the executives, so particularly uh, John Dumasey, but the board of Harness Racing mm. New South Wales who've really supported me on the the idea you sort of go in with this mm-hmm. mythical concept whatever and and they've supported it and see the see the yeah that there's a there's a future value in being able to do this from a fan engagement perspective and i think what price <coughs> excuse me what price do you put on fan engagement i don't think you can value it because no. you know that 
it's so important that we continue to have the conversation stimulated of what our sport looks like and be able to tell the great stories about Cam's result and have people doing what we all did on Saturday night and jumping out of our lounge chair because they're so happy that one of ours has delivered on the big stage. Mm. You know, and, and I think that's important. So, And the great thing is kids are going to be able to play this. I was you know, talking to Robbie Morris yesterday, as I said before, and you know, I said, mate, this is, this is one thing your kids are going to be able to play. You know, they, they, they can't go down to the tab and have a bet. And Archie's got to be damn good at yeah, it too, let me will. tell you. He exactly. knows his you know. stuff. Exactly. So, um, you know, price-wise, the best way to see the prices, yes, I make no, uh, <laughs> no apologies that we are drip-feeding some of these prices. Uh, the best way to keep across it is to get around the socials. We're pretty active on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and, and we're sort of drip-feeding those out and giving people an idea of what the – you know, the landscape of pricing looks like. Uh, how's it feel to be the, you know, we, we, we have sort of let that cut out of the bag that Cam's the most expensive at 1.34 mil. Uh, you think we got it right, Cam? Oh, I think I'm a bit highly priced. <laughs> <laughs> you put the pressure on me, so I'll have to, um, you know, get my ass in the gear and uh, We're gonna have get to, some results on the board. Going to have to get you doing some miles out of Bathurst. And that was priced before and, Saturday. Before, I might, yeah, yeah, this has all well. been just for... for Full disclosure, he's 1.34. Lucky lucky you priced him before the end of time. He might have been worth 1.5. Someone actually did comment on our socials that oh. uh, his value just went up, but yeah. uh, I can't tell you it has zero impact on, yeah, on that. The but value is the value at the moment. Yeah, yeah but, we, you know, um, Jack Callaghan's price came out this morning, 1.27, I think we've got him at. So he's not far off the mark. And, and you two have run very parallel kind of results, haven't you? You know, you're both sort of right up there at the top of the premiership leaderboards. And, you know, and obviously Jack's probably turning up in Newcastle and some of those places a bit more often than, than you have been. So, you know, maybe Jack, maybe, maybe we did get it wrong. Maybe, maybe Jack <laughs> should have been the most expensive. I don't know. Like I said, the, the proof's going to be in the pudding when the results start coming out. But, uh, you know, Jack, Jack's a serious talent, isn't he? And he's going to be a great buy for someone. Oh, 100%. You know, he, he doesn't mind doing a little bit of travelling and, he has a lot of success at Newcastle as well. He's dominating here in Sydney, so he's. Uh, I definitely think he's a really good buyer. Um, and you know, just that's the sort of interest that mm. it uh, builds, doesn't it? You know, well, there'll be a lot of chit chat really and a lot of people having banter about. Yeah. You know, there'll be plenty of banter going on in the barn, no doubt. Once this is once released, the and all the prizes, are yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But but just the ongoing. And the fan engagement, and I heard a term in the podcast that I, I really like, Paul, the, I think Brett might have used the term, the water cooler discussions, yeah. you know, where people yeah. gather around, you know, either in the tea room or, or at their work or, or at the club or the pub or whatever, and having a chat about and a bit of friendly jibing and banter, and that's part of what drives a lot of the fantasy sports from what I can tell. So that'll be interesting as well. But I, I've got no doubt, Cam will no doubt anchor a lot of the uh, mm. a lot of the people's yeah. uh, teams. teams. Yeah. What yeah. what I would encourage people to do is w- when you get on the platform on Thursday when it launches or in do the we days, have a time days that or follow, we're not sure. Yet. Oh, at uh, socials the developer this morning. Yeah, keep it on the socials, but yeah, we think okay. it'll be a morning hit, a morning right. launch on Thursday. But um, yeah, the reality there's going to be some great prizes up for grabs, and we've mm. already said there's a car up for grabs for mm. first prize, for example. But you know the reality is, you know thousands and thousands of people are going to play this, so the car is like. You know the the dream winning the inner dominion. Mm. You know, um, but what you can win is you can win the battle between your mates. So get in there. There's a league function. You can go in and you can set up a league and you can have your head to head battles. You know, against each other. You could have your. You know, uh, um, like Cam could set up a league, for example, and say, right, who's going to take me on? And all the 
you know, all the, the, the punters out there can just jump in Cam's league and see if they could beat Cam's team, for example. But you could have that, that league or it's, say, 12, 16 mates or whatever, head-to-head each week, grand final, end of the year. Fantastic. That's, that's what's really great about fantasy sports and being able to you know, position your team in that way. So uh, can't wait. Keep an eye on the socials because that's the best way to know when it all drops and you'll get some more idea of the, the prices. And so that. launches Thursday Correct. and commences the 10th, 10th of January, January and so runs 25 weeks. And one thing, Freddie. Yes. Now, in the unlikely situ- situation that there is a tiebreaker at the end of the year. Yeah, right. Okay, so yep. let's say yep. two people are on the same amount of points mm-hmm. and they've got the same um, – so they've – yeah, and the same difference in whatever the tiebreaker needs to look like. The tiebreaker to decide who gets the car, in the unlikely scenario, it will be whoever registered first. Yeah. Oh, so to, you're going to want to get on this Thursday. Yeah. So, so get in, register your team, and, and then you're going to be able to – it'll be unlimited. You can just change your team. And I can tell you from experience across different codes of playing fantasy sports, you never feel like you got it right, and, and then you just have to hope that you – your gut instincts right when that first race goes on Tuesday the tenth of January, because um, you could say right, oh, I'm going to trade Cam out, save a few bucks, and I'm going to trade Joshy Gallagher in, and that gives me more money to spend somewhere else, and mm. you'll constantly do it, and that's the fun of it. That's the fun of it. So, you know, I, I wish everyone luck with that, but please get on. I, you know, it's just going to be a lot of fun. You know, and that, that's Can't the idea wait. of it. All right. Well, one of the things that I wanted to touch base on because this launches at Dubbo on Friday night and it is uh, a competition that is based around the Eureka. Now, Wayne Loder, uh, Wayne and uh, Julie Loder, who are based out of uh, out of that Bathurst region, they've got a slot in the Everest. So what they're going to do is they're Eureka. actually going to uh, – sorry, in the Everest. <laughs> My apologies. That was a really bad Freudian slip. The Eureka, obviously. Now, what they are going to do is put up a 2% um, stake in, in the Eureka – and the way to enter this prize is you got to you got to be on track, and you get the entry form in the race books at some of these tracks. So Dubbo this Friday night, and then it goes to Bathurst on the 28th, 26th. That's the Boxing Day meeting at Bathurst. New Year's Eve at Parks. Back at Bathurst on the twentieth of January. The twelfth of February at Blaney. There's a couple more at Bathurst on the twenty second and the twenty fifth of March, and then the twenty fifth of April at Forbes. So they're the opportunities to be able to enter this and be able to pick up 2% of the, the ownership of this this slot in the Eureka. So well done to Wayne and Julie Loder. They've put this prize up. I think it's fantastic. It's going to be it's going to create a lot more interest around you know that particular horse what they haven't decided which horse obviously you know yeah. is going to going to earn that uh, take that spot for them, but that's what's on offer. So Race books, it launches at Dubbo this Friday night at the Red Ochre Classic Night. So it should be fantastic. So keep an eye out for that. a good innovation to get people. I mean, we know at the Carnival of Cups they're very well patronised, but to get even more people through the gates, create that interest, that's pretty exciting. So well done to to both Wayne and and Julie. It's the Western Jewel Tab Eureka Race Book Competition. So keep an eye out for it. Well done to Wayne and Julie. It's uh, it's fantastic that, uh, you know, they're they're, they're being so... um, so giving and you know so generous in, in what they're doing there. All right, best thing you saw this week, Freddie. I think we just kind of talked a little bit about where you're heading, aren't you? Aren't yeah, we? look, uh, look. All along, it was the performances of the New South Wales horses through the entire ID Carnival, and the fact that Cam and, and Jason won it 
but I'm just so enamoured right now with this, uh, you know, harness fantasy. Uh, I, I just fantasy harness racing. I just cannot wait for it. I really can't. Um, and as I said, as someone who's never played before, Paul, any kind of those fantasy games, I'm just so looking forward. I can see myself because I'm taking some leave uh, just after Christmas or leading into Christmas. I can see myself for hours in the middle of packing house and doing other things that I should be doing because I'll be moving uh, in the new year. But I can see myself spending hours just playing fantasy uh, harness racing and, and trying to get my team built around Cameron. <laughs> Cam, I reckon you, the best thing you saw would have been the winning post at about 20 past nine on, at Milton on Saturday night. 100%. Definitely. <laughs> Anything else, mate? Or is everything a little bit more of a blur since then? Uh, yeah, big blur, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I want to give a quick little shout out to um, Tate French. He won the Young Driver Series that I was part of down in Victoria. So we had a great week down there as well. So she did um, really well throughout the week and, and got the result. We glossed over that, didn't we? Mm. What happened there, big fella? That was just a great week. Um, <laughs> not on the track, but uh, off the track we had a good time. <laughs> we picked it up, didn't we? We said, oh, we, we've got the best driver. We're, there's no way anyone else is going to win this through the podcast. But I guess we're trying to... Forgot about that a bit with the Inner Dominion Championship going his way. So, uh, what about you, Jess? Um, it was the win of Universal Pegasus at Penrith on Thursday night in the Don Clough Memorial. It was trainer Carolyn Vernon's first training win at her start 70 for her, and Universal Pegasus broke through for its maiden at 60 starts. Is that so the only horse she's got, Jess? I think so yeah. at the moment. So, yeah. her and her partner, Alan, were very excited, yeah. and uh, there were plenty of cuddles all around at the hill on, on Thursday night. So, that was great scenes there. Fantastic. All right. Um, been a big week, hasn't it? It's, you know, there's plenty to plenty to be happy about in the way, in the direction that our sport's taken. It's great that we can all, you know, throw around these best things that we saw and we could, we could pick from several. So, uh, I'm seeing David Watson turn up, you know, walking around behind us. Maybe the best thing I saw was, uh, was how excited he was about his black book landing. <laughs> we might get into that bit, eh? So, he, he was so happy, wasn't he? He's he straight was. on the phone. He was like, it was like you when you win. You're straight on the phone <laughs> telling everyone about it. But Shelfie I think one took it to the next level. He Freddie said he did a uh, victory lap around the Penrith Callers box when Paint Me a Reason got up. And I it's a very small box. Wano did the straight. Wano did the straight. He was yeah. up like Josh Gallagher, hand in the air. Yeah. That's my black booker. Yeah. So, we, we, so that was double encounter. Double wasn't encounter. It? Yeah. So yeah. for Steph Morris mm-hmm. and uh, Harry Martin and Harry. broke one fifty as well yeah. too. So yeah. That's, I think that's the second week in a row, second or third week in a row, first race, they've broken 150 here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First it lays down a good market, doesn't it? He, um, yeah, he was pretty happy. He, he rang me too. He said, <laughs> oh, he rang you Yeah, he rang me well. straight away. <laughs> oh, he rang Jess. Oh, I was standing on the oh, track there, so he was yeah. <laughs> very excited. Did he rang you? Cam was driving around and must have got under the. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't take the phone with him into the stables, but anyway. As your black book is going, Freddie? Yeah, uh, look, paint me a reason. Went around, as I said, I tipped her a few yep. weeks ago. One that I, I've got going around this week is uh, Electra, um, and keep an eye on her. I tipped her a couple of weeks ago. She's had, I think, barrier 10, barrier 10. I think she's got nine on Saturday. But I just think with an ounce of luck, she's good enough to win that race on Saturday. So keep an eye out on Electra. Uh, but she, yeah, around the mark with the black bookers. But paint me a reason's the one I'm dining out on the most because I've the last three runs have yielded two wins in a second and. Uh, at real good odds. Yeah, absolutely. What do you got for us, Jess? Yeah, Mustang Millie from Saturday night here at Club Angle. She hit the line really strongly for Bevan Pringle and Blake Hughes, and I think she'll be one to follow into the future. Right. Anything you think we should keep an eye out for, Cam? Um, 
got a quiet week here in New South Wales. I've got Major Meister coming up in the Cranbourne Cup on Saturday, so um, Jace has got them all airborne at the moment, so I'll, I'll be pretty confident with yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be silly to, to go past uh, the, the Cameron Hart-Jason Grimson combination at the moment with how that's going, wouldn't you? All right, Cam, um, we, we've spent a lot of time talking about your most recent achievement. There's been plenty to, plenty to go through, though. You, you're really building a good CV up, uh, but... Doesn't go without some hard work and some real hard yards at the at the early stages. When when did you uh, sort of say right harness racing for me? Yeah, probably when I was about twelve or thirteen. That's when I started to drive track work for Uncle Trev um, down in June. So that's sort of where I got the bug. I obviously started when I was five or six on the mini trotters, but that's when I really thought I can make a career out of this. And you know, without him teaching me all the ropes uh, early on like that, I, I probably wouldn't be here uh, talking to you guys. But um, yeah, that's probably when I first really thought, okay, I can I can really do this. Yeah, I was there the day you got your, your first Group 1 uh, down there at Wagga at the Riverina Championships. It actually surprised me. I, I sort of, uh, you're the sort of bloke who, and I've only worked around here for a couple of years, but it feels like you've been around forever and you've just been winning forever. But And now that it's all happened so quickly, you've just been piling up these wins after wins in big clusters. Um, like you, your consistency must be something that you're super, super proud of. Yeah, 100%. I, I try and, um, you know, get the preparation right into these big race carnivals. But, you know, without the trainers, I'm, I'm really nothing. So um, I got a lot, a lot of thanks to them for, um, you know, having the horses spot on for me. It, it makes a big difference. And looking to the future, here in Australia, we obviously use Toddy and Andy McCarthy as our benchmark for success over in the USA. Todd won an Inter-Dominion in Victoria board Tiger Tara. Could that be a similar path that we see you take in the future? Yeah, it's definitely something I've really considered um, strongly and, um, yeah, I'd love to go and test myself over, you know, against some of the US drivers for sure and, yeah, I guess, um, you know, Toddy was a really good influence on me. I was able to drive here in Sydney for two or three years with him and learn a lot um, from him and he's a great guy. So, yeah, definitely uh, love to get over to the US for sure one day. You just mentioned consistency, Paul. Cam, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in your career, and this is going to be very important when we talk about the the, the fantasy uh, game, you're in the money 50% or 49%, let's call it 50%, half of your drives uh, in your career, you've run at least first, second or third. So there's, there's just a snapshot of the consistency. But I wanted to ask you, when you made the move from home to come to Sydney and work, uh, so we're going back about six years ago now, seven years ago? Uh, about five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a big move for a young bloke from, from a country town to come up here. Tell, take us through those first maybe six months. Were you homesick? Uh, how did you feel? Were you getting the, the opportunities you, you, you were hoping for? Tell us about those early days. Yeah, it's, um, it all kicked off pretty well. And, you know, when I was in June, I was you know, just putting the, the feelers out to a few different trainers and, you know, I was just lucky enough uh, Shane Sanderson had a nice team of horses at the time and he didn't really have a stable driver. He was using a few of the freelance drivers up here and um, that looked to, to me that a, a stable that would suit me. I really wanted to get on some nice horses straight away and, and really kick off my career and, and Shane did that for me and, um, you know, I've, he's a really good friend of mine now and a family friend um, and, yeah, he was massive for my career early on. Mm-hmm. Were you homesick? Were you like, how, how did you feel when you first came here? Was yeah, it not tough? too bad? Ash had moved from Junie up right. to here to to work in a couple of stables by then, so she was here and 
you know, I'm a pretty independent person, yep. so yep. I've settled in really well and, and made a lot of good mates straight away, so that really helped. Ash has kind of made a move, and, and for those listening, Ash is your sister. Um, Ash has kind of made the move more into training, more so than driving in, the, in, in recent times. That would be the dream, wouldn't it, that Ash is a great horse, you get to drive the Group 1 for in, in a big race? Yeah, definitely, and, you know, we got a little taste of it with Defiant, winning the Group 3, but um, Ash is very, very talented with the horses, and she's always... You know, unlike me, I've always wanted to be a driver. She's always wanted to be a trainer. She really enjoys, you know, that uh, one-on-one time with the horses throughout the week and, and really prepping them for a big race. So hopefully she can get a couple of nice horses in the barn and, and that'd be great. Your dad's a pretty big supporter of both you too, isn't he? Like, uh, I know he, yeah, he's always sure. sort of sharing and liking the, the, yep. the comments on social media. Good fella. Yeah, all, all my family in June, uh, the Riverina are big supporters and they're all massive racing fans, so they uh, follow Ash and I quite Mark's a your dad's a, uh, the, the track curator at uh, the Murrumbidgee Turf Club at Wagga. Yeah, yeah, he started off um, as a greenkeeper on a golf course. Yeah, he, right. He's been at the Farabed track there at Wagga for about 15 years now as the boss, so he, he loves that as well. You know those people, Paul, that mow their lawns and have their lawns looking pristine and they take photos of it? I see some of the photos of the, <laughs> the course proper at Wagga and I think, geez, I can only imagine what this man's front lawn looks like. It must be like mint. The cylinder, the cylinder must mow, be mint. golf oh, green look, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the track looks amazing when, when, when they post pictures of it, so your dad obviously... I just imagine the front lawn put mine to shame. Ken, for young for young people listening in, and and it seems incredible to say young people when you're 21. But um, to me, as an outsider looking in, a big part of success is the relationship building and the ability to um, have connections in in the racing industry. And, and you've obviously struck up some some great partnerships. You know, Jared Alchin Stable has been really really um, prosperous for you as a driver some of the great horses there, obviously the work you do with Grimo. Uh, and yet we've seen other nights, I think recently on a podcast we reflected on a night where you had four winners for four different trainers. Mm. Is that some advice you'd pass on to people who are the 16-year-old like you were coming to the big smoke? And uh, Do we put enough emphasis on that? Yeah, 100%. Making connections is massive. Um, you know, if, if I hadn't made the connections I have up here, I wouldn't be where I am. So I've you know, I try to give as much advice to the young kids coming up, but especially the, the kids in the bush that, uh, you know, a lot of the metropolitan trainers probably don't see and don't know of. Um, try and help them out as much as I can. And, and that's one of the massive things that I say. You've got to just make connections. And, and they're all great guys up here. All the trainers have um, been awesome to me. They didn't know who I was when I first got up here either. And, um, you know, as soon as they're happy to help anyone. Um, so you make those connections and it's going to take you far. So how do you do it? How, how do they do it? You just got to go up and lower your ego and go up and say hello and introduce yourself? Is yeah, it is it as simple as that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and like I said, all the trainers are, are very welcoming up here. So, you know, any young kid out there, you just got to, you know, put yourself out there and, and that'll take you far. Premiership, lead, premiership champion here last year and on top again. There must be days where you've got multiple trainers sort of saying, will you drive my horse? How do you go about managing that? How, how does it? How does that all work? And 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 what's the process? Is, is a trainer literally coming and on the phone or coming up and having a chat to you and saying, "I've got this. I'm prepping for this." How does it all work? Yeah, that's probably the trickiest part of the business. Really, um, that's the part I don't enjoy. I, I'd like to drive every horse I can, but um, <laughs> obviously that's just not the way it works. But yeah, it just depends on the individual trainer. Really, the way they communicate with me. But I've been super lucky there. 
you know, they're all great trainers, great blokes. So, you know, I try and manage it the best I can. But, um, you know, a lot of them sort of realise that I'm a freelance driver. That's where I make my money. So I've got to take the best drive in the race. And, um, you know, I can't thank the trainers enough for, for, you know, understanding that. I think that's what stamped Cam as a star of the future without embarrassing you while you're sitting right next to me. But in his early days, he would come to the races and he'd be driving for what I tend to call the less fashionable big gun stables and get results. People like David Waite. David's been an amazing supporter and you've you've worked great together. Um, he's just one that springs to mind. But there were so many times Cam would go to the races and uh, wouldn't be driving for a, a Jason Grimson or a, or a um, another big stable or Shane when we first come. You'd be driving winners for those those stables that were much smaller and probably had your your Bankstown Penrith style horses rather than the horses that could break one fifty. I think that was a credit to you because you were able to get them to perform based on some of your talent as a driver. And that was what I remember saying to someone probably five years ago, it's going to stamp and set Cam apart, is that ability to do that. David Waite, been a big supporter. Yeah, he's been massive, um, pretty well from, from day dot. I obviously had Shane there um, to kick me off, you know, during the Metropolitan sort of racing. But Dave, you know, he's been such a big supporter and he's just such a great guy. He'll do anything for me and... Um, you know, in recent times when I have had a couple of the biggest stables come to me with a drive, he's always happy to put me straight back on. And, yeah, we've, without him, I, I honestly wouldn't be where I am because week in, week out, I'd be turning up for one or two drives when I first got here and they'll Dave Waits horses and we've still got a great relationship. Um, right now, today, I'm still his stable driver, so I can't thank him enough. So at what point, you know, let's use, say, Jared's, Jared's um, we had, say, Ronnie and, and Byron. Last year you committed to sort of Byron. This year, I remember early on you said, look, I'm going to go with Ronnie. At what point do you make that decision and do you have to lock in on that commitment at the start of, say, like the Breeders' Challenge series or are you in a position being Jared's main driver where you can say, actually, no, Byron's going a bit better here. I'm going to flip. I'm going to go back to... like, How's that process work? Yeah, pretty well get to pick and choose, really. I'm pretty lucky that way and... Um, you know, Scott and, and the Tumby Park crew have been awesome supporters of mine and they're really easy going and, um, you know, whatever Jared and I think, they they sort of happy to roll with that. But, yeah, Byron was a great two-year-old and I could just feel Ronnie, um, he was maturing really well and, and he always looked to be going to be a better three-year-old than what he was at two, even though he was still a good two-year-old. So, yeah, I'm pretty lucky I just get to, you know, week by week or, or whatever, really. Do you have a manager? No, I don't. Yeah, so, how, so because you said you're a freelance driver, so you, there's the sports side of it, but then the, this is a business as well, and you're your own business, your own brand. So, like, is someone helping you out with some of these business decisions? Because that, that seems, they seem like some pretty big stakes decisions that you have to make financially. Um, you know, diary, managing a diary, all those sorts of things at a, at a fairly young age, and yet your priority is making sure that you're delivering results out there on the track. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I've got a few good people around me that I go to for advice, and um, yeah, I've just kind of over time just tried to handle it as best I could, and I'm still learning how to do it now. But um, I think I've nearly got it, you know, down pat, and I've got sort of systems in place to make sure that I'm. You know, doing the form into the races properly to make sure I'm I am picking the the best drive. So, 
yeah, it's um, it's a tricky spot in the in the business, but I, I do enjoy that side as well. Do your best thinking on the golf course, don't you? Oh, I try to. What are you playing off? Yeah. What are you, you playing off? Yeah, uh, nah, pretty rusty at the moment. <laughs> we actually had a game down there at, uh, for the inner dom. They had a golf day, but I was I started to warm up late, but I was pretty rusty early on. <laughs> That's not what Jess said. <laughs> Jess, Jess says you're in there about five or six times a week. <laughs> Four or five. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, mate, I, I um I think you you know for someone so young, you're making some very very adult plays in your life, and uh, you know you can only be commended for that. We're super proud to call you one of ours, mate. Um, very, very, very proud of how you've achieved over the last, not just the last few weeks, but over the last few years. Um, star on the rise and, and someone that the rest of Australia should be, um, should have right on the tip of their tongue when it comes to our elite athletes in this country, I would have thought. Um, that's what we are, aren't we, Freddie? They're, these guys are athletes. Tr- look after your body and, you know, yeah. and, and really put in a regime that makes sure you can deliver good just results. The hours, Paul. Like you, you talk, we were just joking about playing golf, and and I, sa- I think I said, you know, how do you get time to play golf? You know, they've got work in the morning, as in track work. Then they've got you just talked about. You like to put in form to you know, analyze form, picking your drives. There's that management of your, your your time and your drives, and then there's an afternoon spent at the racetrack. Trials and as the well. Trials and the travel. travel. Oh. Yeah, these guys. You know, they go way over and above and beyond and that's why you know any success that comes any of their way whether it's carol winning her first race at, at, at penrith the other night or cam winning an inter dominion any success should be celebrated yeah. and, and lauded for for what it is you know the hours these people put in these drivers and these trainers in harness racing mm-hmm. uh, just amazing absolutely well done cam great to have you on the show mate all right well coming up you've got a couple of drives this afternoon don't you yeah, I got a couple, yeah. And dust so. off the cobwebs and uh, get out there and <laughs> show the locals what you're made of. What do you got? I uh, got top the ace for Trev Monday and um, Mr. Cole for Pete Russo. So a couple of probably in the middle of the market there, but uh, they'll need a little bit of luck. Yeah, okay. But those last two races are rippers, I think. Today. Eight races this afternoon, Freddie. Yep, I think the last two races are real good. We get to see Wave the Bill, that uh, mm-hmm. uh, horse goer. In fact, I'm Bill's last is in the second last. And wave the bill is in the last boat for lucky lights. Could they do the double racing mm-hmm. or pacing free legged? But uh, wave the bill's quite an exciting horse. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we've got Wagga tonight as well. Bathurst Wednesday, as always. We've got Tamworth and Penrith on Thursday. Dubbo and Leeton on Friday, which means Newcastle's got a, a rare Saturday night meeting this week and Goulburn's on Monday. Then we get to an eight-race program on Saturday night at Menangle, Jess. Yeah, and it features the Christmas gift final. There were some really nice heat winners here last Saturday night and I think it's going to be a good final. All right. Yep, should be some uh, some real good racing coming up as we get to head up to the Christmas break. So uh, it is, uh, it's, you know, it's rounding out as, uh, as we would expect because we've had a, an amazing year on the track right across the state, Freddie. Certainly have. We've seen some great performances uh, on the track. There's some good things happening in harness racing in New South Wales off the track. Um, you know, we've talked about so many of them on these podcasts. The cognitive testing, for example, I think was a terrific um, uh, thing to implement. Uh, you know, the fa- I, I won't wax lyrical about the <laughs> fantasy harness racing anymore, but I just think that's an amazing thing that will yep. really take us headlong into 2023 uh, with some great positivity. Yep, and one of the things I'm going to do this afternoon actually is go around the camera for the sky for Sky's mm. in the gig, mm. and we're going to talk to some of the drivers and get their thoughts on the you know their their highlight of the year. I, I'm really looking mm. forward to that, getting around and talking to some of the drivers because we're going to see. You know, as we said before, one, one person's metrics of success is very different to another. And, 
let's celebrate them because it's been a great year on the track. It's been eventful, you know, we've had and the floods and, you know, all these horrible things that have happened have been, you know, we can, let's celebrate the, the really good things and, and that's what we're going to do. Just on that. Oh, sorry, Cam. I was okay. just going to say, just on that, Michael Dummersy, he's done a super mm. job with the, the flood relief. So I just want to give a quick little shout out to yeah. him as he, you said that. He is. He's, uh, and, but not just that, Cam. You blokes are doing amazing things and not just the blokes, the, the females in our industry as well. You have all basically given a commitment to say, well, when I win a race, you know, take X amount out of, you know, that pay return and give it straight to the people of Yagara and different communities that have been affected by the flood. So doing some amazing things. You're right, Mick's, Mick Dumasey's done a great job driving it. Harness Racing New South Wales has done its own um, thing to engineer some of that and, you know, it's going to go on for a long time. They're, these people are doing it real tough. So, yeah. All right, well, we've had a, another long show. We've talked a lot about the Inner Dominion, but so we should have, you know, it was... a. Uh, a, a real week to remember, Jess. It was an unforgettable week and one that Cam won't ever forget. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Freddie, one to one to remember, one one that will save her. Uh, again, very different to what we what we had going on here last year. And, um, you know, I, we're just so proud of this young man, aren't we? 100%. I, I texted uh, Cam straight away after the race just to... to Pass on congratulations. Russia? And, and, uh, no, 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 no. He was he, he was a little busy. He was he was busy <laughs> celebrating. And you know what? I was twenty three once a long time ago, but uh, I I would have been out celebrating too. So no, very proud of Cam. Um, I know his family are one hundred percent very proud of him as well. And uh, we're all proud of him here in New South Wales and and Grimo. You know, like yep. he's he's won two 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 inter dominions with what were essentially claimers. And he's he's come out and one, one was in the stewards' room. Better job than Perry Mason did uh, did Jason last year, uh, and this year with uh, a horse I cast no shadow. So very proud of what we achieved in in Victoria, and uh, I guess the the next Inter Dominion will be um, uh, at Albion Park, and then back here in uh, in two years' time. Cam, one thing we didn't ask you: How was the circuit afterwards? Would have been a fairly significant celebration, I would have thought. Yeah, it was a big night, so I'm still recovering now, but yeah, I had a good time and seen most of Melbourne. Good stuff. Final word, mate. Uh, reflections on, on probably the most remarkable week of your life. Yeah, I just can't believe it, to be honest. Um, yeah, a lot of people have... I've got a lot of people to thank, um, you know, where I've got to in my career, but um, just honestly too many to even to think of. But um, yeah, just can't believe it. And big thanks to Jason, Diane. Fantastic. Well, everyone out there tuning in, I hope you've, uh, hope you've enjoyed some of the insights into a remarkable night of achievement for the rising star of harness racing in this country. Uh, thank you for your time tuning in. If you get a chance to follow, share, subscribe, tell people about uh, the Sprint Lane, uh, please do. Don't forget, Fantasy Harness Racing launches on Thursday. Of course, Cam's not only the highest-priced uh, driver in the game, he's one of our ambassadors. You're going to see him uh, cruising around tracks in in some of the fantasy harness racing kit at some point too. So look forward to that. If you tune in, thanks for your time. We'll be back next week. We're going to have the final show of the year next uh, next week with uh, Freddie and Jess and um, and a different guest for you to tell their uh, remarkable story of what they've uh, been achieving in harness racing. So thanks for tuning in. We'll speak to you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye.